Hey guys, what's up? I'm Kelly Lindiangelo, your dungeon master. I would love for you guys to use the hashtag, hashtag GGG broadcast, just to keep us posted about your thoughts on this. We need your reviews and your support. You guys are kind of our voice to get us out and hopefully share this awesome story that we're trying to tell with all of you, you know? Use hashtag GGG broadcast to offer up a name of an NPC. And also maybe in this tweet, uh, give us a line to describe what kind of NPC you want to offer up and you just might see them in this story. Welcome to Girls Guts Glory. The, the broadcast. broadcast. Previously on the broadcast. But first let me put a little diddly on it. Do you not know what a raccoon is? You just put, put some up your nose. Kid, I'll teach you everything you need to know. Oh. It screams in your face as it points to you. You You grabbed the book, you ripped it out of the hands victoriously, but then that purple figure has risen from the skeleton that you had grabbed this from, and this creature screams in your face. So everybody, please roll initiative. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I have made a huge mistake. I can't roll well for the life of me today. Wow, neither can I. My initiative's always terrible. Yeah. Okay. Same. So anybody get it above a, a 15? 22. Oh, wow. there we go. That's Save a me. And then 20 to 15? <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> uh, 10 to five? I mean, uh, 15 to 10? 11. 11? Wait. 11 for uh, um, Letty? Mm -hmm. Anybody else higher than eight? Eight for uh, Huck? And then eight and below? Seven. Five. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna roll low, at least it's during initiative. We're like probably the most vulnerable, like, class armor class. Oh, yes. Maybe that's why we're like, we don't go first. But somebody was ready to go with a little <laughs> raccoon wrapped around them shoulders. What do you want to do, Starla? Uh, well, first of all, I'm gonna whisper to Buck, you gotta hold on. And then, um, how far away am I from this thing? You had backed about 20 feet away, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Tucked into one of the quarters. You're probably right by the grate. And uh, this long, this uh, actual long catacomb is about 100 feet long. Uh, and I would say it's about mm, 25, 30 feet wide. All right, um, I'm gonna run up to the thing and uh, rapier uh, ahead of me. And I'm gonna just try to stab it. Okay, take a moment, you just run, you run forward, you run forward, you take your rapier and you stab as hard as you can into this, but it almost feels like you're stabbing through like a, a viscous cloud as you're trying to push your arm through the body of it. Um, roll to hit. That is a 15. That'll hit it, roll for damage. Yay! <laughs> Ten points of piercing damage. Yeah. You take a moment, you cut through it. It is very hard, though. Your your weapon is not cutting through it the way you're expecting to. This is almost bringing you back visions, memories of that shadow creature. When you threw that dagger through it, and it kind of cut through it, but then pinged against the other side, you have a feeling that your reaper's just not getting as much of this kind of uh, uh, piercing damage as you're used to getting. And if I use my cunning action mm -hmm. to disengage, okay, disengage. does that give it opportunity of attack on me? Um, no, disengaging uh, 
being able to use your bon uh, your bonus action? Yeah. Yes, it will not be able to uh, engage with you. Okay, then I'm going to disengage. Yeah, you take and a moment. back up if I can. You can back up about five feet. You're 25 feet, right? Yep, you can back up about five feet, just enough to get out of harm's way. With Rapier by your side, and this creature screaming at your friend who had grabbed mm. that book. All right, it's now its turn. As it takes a moment, and its hands go forward, and you can just see this thing lashes out at Huck, grab your neck, and start to drain you of energy. Cool. What is your AC? 15 puts its hand towards your neck, but then its fingers kind of go through your neck as it has not been able to get leverage on you. All right. That is its turn. Takes a moment, Letty. Oh, God. Well, first, I'd like to um, cast Vicious Mockery. All right, Uh, so yes, uh, Vicious Mockery is a wisdom save, I believe. Big purple yes. (laughs) What do you say to it? You purple people eater. Don't touch us. You are ugly and the worst color. You look like an eggplant, but not the good kind that's a sexual innuendo. And <laughs> <laughs> what's your spell save, DC? What do I have to hit? Um, you have to hit 12. 12, well, unfortunately, it does succeed, and I believe Vicious Mockery does not have any effect to it. Um, it seems like it's a little bit too obsessed with trying to get this book back to hear your wonderful mockery, even though I must say as a DM, that was a fantastic thank you, thank mockery. you, thank you. I'd like to accept my award on behalf of... Now, can I um, have a... Do I have a bonus action? Yes. I'd like to do Bardic Inspiration that um, will therefore give someone else... Uh, a better chance with the low, low-hanging fruit over yeah, here. So who do you, who do you inspire? Uh, Celine and um. um and what b- do you b- say b- to, to inspire? Her? Who's next? I think it's me. Oh, oh it's it is you. Huck. Huck is next. Well, then yes. I give Huck. Oh, and I can give Huck because he's being attacked. So I give you a bardic inspiration, and that increases you get another die. Correct. Yes. Oh, and what nice. do you say? What do 1D6? you say? One d six for any of these rolls for coming up in minutes, the next ten minutes. Um, Huck, I believe in you. You're very cute. You have great freckles, and I'm, I, 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 beli- I just, you do well. Oh, golly. <laughs> yeah, you're feeling a little bit better. This creature wasn't able to get you. You're feeling a little bit stronger. There's books in your hand. You're feeling charged up. So you have that 1d6 to use in the next 10 minutes, okay? Alrighty. Don't forget it. But, Huck, you are up. Uh, okay. If I tuck this book under my arm, if Huck tucks the book, um, can I shoot my crossbow with one hand? Uh, it depends. It is a heavy or a light, light. crossbow. I believe you're able to use it I'm in one I'm a halfling. Hand. I can't use heavy items. Yeah. Okay, then I'm gonna tuck the book under one arm. Huck tuck. Mm-hmm. Tuck. Huck tuck. Huck tuck. You know what? It's a cool flavor, too. I'll look it up, but I still think it's cool, the idea of you shooting with one crossbow. <laughs> Love <Yeah>. it. Because <laughs> uh, it's like a, a gun, because he's yeah. a western boy. He can do a um, wield if you have the feet. So. Yeah, so he's also gonna slayer's prey this guy. Booped. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to shoot him in the face. Yeah, it's technically two-handed, but I don't care. Keep going. Yeah! I love it. I love it. It'll be a special thing that it's Huck cool. can do, because he's a, he's a cowboy. Yeah. He's a cowboy, baby. At least in this, in this situation. He's got a modified crossbow. Yeah! Maybe he's just a I watched him make it himself. Oh, be careful. A modified crossbow just might become your arm, so don't ask for too much. Well, put a mo- put an arm crossbow. No! No, don't take my arm, arm bow. away. All right, no. I'm going to shoot no. him. Ooh! 24 to hit. That'll hit. Yeah, roll for damage. Perfect. That bolt is going to get into it. Now, the thing is, I do want to mention down. you are right in front of the creature. You would have to roll at disadvantage because you are too close to it. Oh, that's right. All, All right. right. But All she right. also gets to add mine. 
Yeah, I do. So uh, I yeah, do. if they if if she needs to. Yeah, I'm gonna add that. Okay. Son of a gun. Uh, Fourteen. That's enough. Okay. So even though you're close, and even though you're worried that your crossbow, like you're right in front of it, you're able to knock it just enough and get it right. I want to hit it right under the jaw. Sounds good. Right through its skull. Oh, eight. Uh, twelve for the base, but then five for my my um Mm -hmm. slayer's prey. All right. Sounds good. And then I want to. Hot tail it out of there if I yeah. can. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you are within reach, so you know that if you leave, this creature's gonna be able to lash out at you once more. Yeah, do you still want to move? You know, yeah, I do. All right. Without you know feeling surged up, feeling inspired, feeling like you got it, even though you didn't think, you just go. You just bolt a ke- against the catacombs nearby, running with your little feet as quickly it. as you can. But it will have an opportunity of attack against you, and with a twenty non-natural twenty to hit, yeah. it is going to be able to grab into you. And as you yeah. feel this cold hand just kind of lash at the back of your brain, it's able to just kind of grab into the back of your head and pull out what it needs to for oh my god 12 points of necrotic damage okay i also need you to make a con saving throw oh boy. as you can feel oh, this cold okay. hand go through the back all the way tingling down the back of your neck through Ooh, your spine let's not roll with that one is that a con save mm-hmm. all right let me find my saves 12 okay just enough that you can feel oh. this this sort of surge go through the back of your body and it tingles all the way down to your the tip of your toes. But you take a moment and you're able to press off that coldness and just continue to walk forward without any sort of adverse effect, thankfully, as you okay. get out of harm's way. And I still have protection of evil and good on me, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, you cast protection evil and good, right? Mm-hmm. Let me double check that real quick because I don't want to forget. It's against undead and fiends. It is. Fae and celestial, but I don't think he's a fae or celestial. Creatures of those types have disadvantage on attack rolls against the target. So I have to roll a disadvantage. That oh. damage may not have happened. So let me double check. It didn't. Hey! So take that damage away from you. I rolled much lower. I wanted to double check that. And I'm like, nope, any attack. So yes, this hand, though you can feel that this cold surge still goes through your body to the tip of your toes, but the damage does not take effect as this hand passes through <laughs> your head. Don't touch me. That's rude. Good job. All right. That is your turn. You ran. Drusilla. Drusilla. Drusilda. Drusilda. <laughs> I chopped out. Drusilla um, is what I said with you. Drusilda. Drusilda walks to a position where she has a clear 30-foot reach without getting huck, Mm -hmm. Um, and I cast Agonizer's Scorcher, um, which is a 30-foot, 5-foot wide scorching torch of flame. Yeah, so I would say you tuck around one side of the um, of the area where the books will not get singed and the scrolls will not get singed, and you're going to shoot out that jet of energy directly against some of the uh, chairs that are nearby. Uh, you're going to probably hit some of the... If you, as long as you hit on the far right and move a bit and dip into the corners next to a skeleton that kind of waves in your face nearby you, one of the old hands, yeah, you have to kind of spit it out, but you're able to cast it right alongside the catacombs as you scorch it out. Okay, is that a roll to hit? It's a deck save. Deck save, okay. <laughs> Do your worst. Do your damage. He rolled a okay. two. <laughs> so it's 3d8, so that's um, 12. 12 points. 12 points. Well, tell me how you kill it. Oh! So as I'm sputtering like cobwebby skeleton 
fluff, mm -hmm. and I have my arms spread wide in a vertical V, and the flames are just shooting out, and it's lighting up the whole tunnel, and then he, and is it, or she, is completely engulfed in roaring flames that crackle and leave black marks on the ceiling. Oh, this, and screams. It screams in pain, like, ah! Oh, wow. Oh, no. As the spirit and just purple leaves smoke. the body. Just dissipates. It is quiet. I did not like that. Do you still have comprehend languages on? I, I believe okay. so. Okay, I'm going to open the book and hold this giant book. As, <laughs> as, as you had just defeated and killed and slain the creature, you take a moment, you get your book out, you kind of slam it onto the table and try to open it, but you hear in the distance just a, like a, huh, as you guys catch, wrapped up the main staircase that leads up from this area, there's this silver-haired woman um, with kind of dark skin um, just staring at you guys, uh, apparently having watched the tail end of whatever sort of interaction that was, looking at you guys very curiously. She's sitting there. She's got a book, a very large book in her hands. Um, she's got very, very fine, fine glasses on her, uh, thin hair, silver hair that goes uh, kind of down, wraps around in a beautiful braid um, that kind of wraps around her left arm. Um, and she's looking at you guys curiously, wearing uh, these kind of um, very refined looking, refined, refined looking, uh, golden uh, trimmed and blue robes. Do we, does any one of us recognize this woman? No. Huh? Ah, huh? Ah, um, ah, I'm sorry, ma'am. What ah, was that? I'm sorry. That ah, was so. Wait. That was a very interesting. I've never, I've never seen anything that interesting in the catacombs in some time. Huh? Oh, hello. Oh. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, hello. What are you all doing? I'm so confused. <laughs> hmm. And she kind of sits down on the steps and like just takes a moment and watches like everybody right now in uh, awe. Are, does this, are you okay? Does this lady look like a, a, a person? Uh, she does. She looks like a person. She looks like a very confused person, maybe half elf, um, because her ears are slightly pointy. Um, and she's looking at you all and she's just, she's like trying to find words, but she seems happy to see you, but like also disturbed. She's going through weird emotions right now. Like she's not, Hurting you? She's not coming close to you. She's mm. just keeping her distance, trying to absorb everything. Oh, but then I can't. Tell. Oh, but they can't know. Oh, but then I, I'm so into. Oh, Darling, you absolutely so can tell. Um, oh, what happened? What? Oh, oh. We touched the book, and then this thing came back to laugh, and it was us or them. It, excuse the, me. Oh, you hello. Have to explain yourself to me. I, I'm just very confused about. Um, uh, I've never seen. There's not so many people. Uh, 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 it's I, people. I step for. I step. Letty steps forward and says, um, "Excuse me, um, ma'am. Uh, hi. We should introduce ourselves first. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. I'm Letty Marie Ricecroft, and these are my friends. You're my friends, right? Yeah. They all nod at me. Thank you. Um, they're, they're my friends, and um, <laughs> uh, hesitantly nod. <laughs> and I, uh, uh, we, we just, we would like to know. Do you live in these catacombs? Oh, I, I do. I do. Yes, yes. How I long do. have you been here? Oh, that long. It is a, a very long time. 
I have always forgotten what it's, what it's like out. I just do all my research. You sit your, all my research in the middle. Um, I, I'm Miriam. It's so, it's so nice to meet you. Miriam, is it okay if I come and sit next to you? Oh, yes, yes, okay. yes, please. I haven't had a human interaction in some time, please. Oh, all right. I'm mostly with dead people. Huck yeah. goes over and, like, cautiously sits next yes. to her and is just oh, like... thank you. <laughs> uh, so what, what's You're your... young. You're very young, all Oh, of you. yeah. I'm only 19. Um... What brings you to this script? And also, why did you... What was... What, why did you shoot that silly spell in the distance? I didn't quite understand. I don't understand. Was it for fun? Well, we needed his book. And he was quite upset when we took it from him. Ooh. Godwis. Do you happen to know any of the other names on this? Are there, are there any of these other folk down here? Oh. And I read off oh. the names. N- Niles Orent, Professor... Mm. Well, we know Professor Adderall. Oh, I'm a good friend. Yes, a good, nice, nice man. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're which friends one? with the professor. the professor. Everybody knows the, the professor. The dear, dear, dear professor. Oh, dear professor, oh, yeah. yes. yes. Well, how, how about e- <laughs> Ethelwith? Eth- that doesn't matter. Ethelwith. No. Ethelwith. Oh, no, no. It's, it's a funny name. The phonetics of that name are Koval. strange. No, no, I don't, I don't believe I know that. But, but I know the professor sometimes Wait, he, he comes down and he... He, he comes down. Well, yes, he gives me information. Wait, we worked... This book, the, the, this one that I have in my hand, the big purple one, do you know what it's this black. book is? What, well, it's, no, it's a purple spoke, right? It's got a purple spoke on it. The, the symbol on yeah. the front? Yeah. So, I've never seen this book before. Where did you get this? It was on the body that we just punched. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah. We don't keep any bodies like this. In the yeah, ma'am, it was right there. Don't you uh, see the scorch marks? And there's like that big hole where there used to be a body, and there's but, not a body anymore. And she like she walks over, and she's like looking at it very curiously, and she's uh, looking. The body is still there. The spirit had left wow. the body. The skeleton is still there. But um, you're describing what you had seen. You're, you're you're giving her beat by beat what you guys had just encountered, and she's investigating this, trying to figure out exactly where the trails of the spirit had lied, or what you guys had fought. She. She looks confused and she goes, "That's so odd. That's that's not the body. That's I, I I take care of everything here and I I I rarely even leave and I I, I oversee this and I know that's not the body. I, I I'm so confused. Someone. You you mean to say God that someone dead? that Godwis isn't dead? I don't know what a Godwis is. And that's I don't not... know what this plaque is. I don't I don't understand it." But someone came in God here. Godwiss is the last name. I mean, this. Do you know what the first name of that person is? Godwiss. I think this was Torbo. Um, but but I, this is so odd because what was your name again? Did he get brought down here? She looks like very confused. She's sitting here and she's looking like she's looking confused. She goes, I mean, there's a family. So it's an old family here, and I mean, I guess maybe somebody. Uh, you know, overstepped their boundaries, and they they went against my approvals and brought somebody's remains here. But I, I'm not overseeing it. They should have talked to me. Do you think <sighs> so? You saying Godway, Godwis, Godway, Godwis, Godwis has descendants then? Yes, yes, of course, yes. But I mean, it's a well-known family here. But uh, this is just so odd. The black robes in this book. You're saying it's. A, I mean, this is to the god Siric. What Siric? I mean, <laughs> children, I just, I just don't feel comfortable saying more. <laughs> I really don't. No, please, our friend might be in danger, and it might have to do with this. There's. Uh, I mean, it's um, not, it should not be in the house of Ogma. This, this book is not. We've it's seen, making me very uncomfortable. We've seen this symbol um, inside of the school. A professor's been using it. Ooh. 
We do we not are. know, but okay. perhaps... Our headmaster, we do know. Perhaps you can tell us, do you know anything about um, contracts with the soul? Anything oh, about... Oh. Um, Oh gosh, oh, that's that is. Have you heard a, of any of this magic? It's a very dangerous sort of magic. Is it? I don't know too much about it. What's your name? I. Uh, my name's Miriam. Oh, I'm, I'm Huck, and he reaches out his oh, hand. Hello. Hi. Oh, the human touch is so lovely. Oh, I, I mean, I'm half limb, but it's yeah, warm. Close your hands, it hurts. Oh, the I'm hands sorry. Are so cold. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt you. <laughs> it's okay. I just haven't. I don't interact very often with people. That's oh, all right. <laughs> my name is Starla. People who are alive. My name is Celine, and this is my sister, Drusilda. And you oh, already hello. let me, Letty Marie Risecroft. I said my whole name. I'm such a dork. And well, it's so nice to meet you all. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, but I have a question. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you're, f you're friends with Professor Atwald. Um, what do you talk about when he comes down here? Oh, he <laughs> comes down here and he teaches me all sorts of uh, transmutation mu musics and and sorts. He, yeah, oh, my voice is changing. Um, he teaches me, he teaches me all different sorts of transmutations and also, um, he he once showed me how to take one of my scrolls and and make it into um a very fine paper, a parchment paper. It was so great. Um, but yes, that's. And was there ever? Yeah, but sometimes he over. I mean, when I need to leave and I need to go do other things, he, he oversees the catacombs f for me. Um, so he's so he the one here. that oversees. Okay, this is my domain. But he oversees it and for you when you're not here. You left him alone in it, is what you're saying. He could have switched the bodies. Yeah. Well, he would never do such a thing. Yes, of course not. The dear but professor why would you is... That? Uh, no. that is a very... Uh, you are uh, children and you should not be making that claim. I would just and say be careful around him, that's all. Do you have a test that you're trying to get an A in and this is some sort of backhanded way? No, no, I don't yes. go to school. He's our friend, our companion. We're trying to give him an education because his family couldn't afford to send him to the school. Roll so he's here. Check. Roll a deception check. <laughs> Ooh, it's a nat one. Oh. <laughs> okay, she takes a moment and she does that thing that librarians do and you're like too loud where she like her eyes go from wide to like narrow to more narrow to more narrow as her arms cross in front of her. She kind of puffs out her chest and she looks at you and she goes, I think that I would know even if I don't speak to humans that much anymore that are alive that you're not being truthful with me and I hate to, I hate to be presumptuous in that regard but I must, I must say I really don't think you're telling me the truth. All right, Miriam, do you want Quite the right. truth? Do you want the truth? I would love the truth. That would be a nice thing. So I don't I don't go to this school. I don't really have very good magic abilities. Not right now, at the very least. Maybe I can learn it later. But anyways, uh, you know, I was in my field. Do you know the Oakleys? We're right outside. Uh, we have a big old field. And there's a... There's a oh, yeah. the field? Yeah. Are things green? The one green? with the stun circle. Yeah, that's oh, my... I haven't seen green things in so long. Well, you can always go to my field, but that's beyond the point. Uh, Wait, do you, do you have uh, anything green on you? Well, yeah, hang on. And he, like, opens up a pack, and he has, like, some of his... The, the, there's a ton of ferns over at Oakley Farm. That's part of what they're known for, is they breed a ton of different ferns. It's a halfling oh, thing. Oh, cool. Okay. And so he, to, like, remember home, he has a little piece of a couple ferns. And this isn't something that he did, like, he was expecting to leave. He just does this because he gets really homesick if he's away for, like, a minute. So he went to go see Starla, and he just pulled it out to be like, oh, cool. So he pulls out a couple ferns and hands them over, and he's like, my family made those. 
And you also, can have them. Also, um, Celine has some rosemary in her nose. Yeah, that's, that's green. also true. I was about to offer it if you would like it. Oh, you might can be able keep to the rosemary if you wish, but if you have more, I would love it some. It has some boogies. Oh, I might have some more. But wait, okay, so I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? And I gave you my family's fern, so you know I'm telling you she, the truth. When she takes that fern, she, like, her eyes, like, like, like they glow with green in them, and she puts it down, like, so tenderly in the middle of all these books and scrolls, and this very, like, devoid of life atmosphere, this place that is uh, stone and bone and a lot of what has been, and so to have, like, this little piece of life in it, she just kind of places it in the center, and she looks at it very lovingly, and then motions for you all to take a seat or rest for a moment, and she just kind of stares and, and just looks at it and sits all of you guys down and just... Okay, explain. Well, can I just say, Miriam, if you go to my family's farm and you say Huck sent you, <laughs> we'll give you a fern. You can have your own I one. Can't, I can't leave. I'm oh, okay. Not, I'll bring I one back to you. I can't leave here. No. I'll, I'll bring one back to you. I'll get you a whole, your own whole fern. I've even forgotten what sun feels like. I'm so sorry. Thing. Wow. It's a hard job being uh, yeah. in the catacombs and making sure that things are taken care of at the library under the ground. It's, it's my job. It's my existence. It's, it's what I do. I'm a sentinel worm, as they say. Oh, wow. I will. And you guys me. hear that name? You've heard whispers of the sentinel worm in your studies here. Sentinel worm? The sentinel worm. W-Y-R-M. Of this woman who, like, actually is known for not being... There's whispers that people hear her, the echoes of her voice, because uh, she passes through the tunnels and the passageways under Candle Deep, um, overseeing different libraries and catacombs and things of that sort. But she's always thought of to be a ghost. So you're interacting with a live human standing in front of you who probably doesn't have her wits about her. A lot of the kids called called her, if not a ghost, then an insane person. So she's sitting here with a lot of the whispers of what you and your friends had experienced above ground of this creepy creature underground. Celine. Um, my name is Celine. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, Celine casts light on her hand. You said that you have not felt the warmth of the sun, perhaps? I haven't for some time, yes. And uh, Celine holds her hand close to her and just a little warmth. Yeah, as like as the light uh, from that source kind of trickles and uh, brushes against, you know, they're very faint torches dimly lit throughout this catacomb area, but that light is very bright and it shines on her. And as you see the shine kind of hit against her face, probably being half-elf of some sort, there is this sort of... Um, uh, obvious nature to her skin and her hair and her eyes that she has not seen sun in so long. There's a grayness to it, a paleness to it, a silveriness to it that is both beautiful but also quite sad. Um, and her eyes kind of glow with the mixture of green and and light and you see this dance that of maybe yester memories that she had a long time ago. So. I think I trust this woman to tell her the truth and perhaps she could help us okay miriam i'm going to tell you what i've seen and then they're going to tell you what they've seen and then together we can tell you the rest so the headmaster um i was out in my field and there's a big stone circle there and my family owns it and we don't really let people near it and i never really knew why um it's very interesting yeah i i i saw the headmaster uh headmaster born Doing oh yes, I've, I'm familiar oh, no, no. with him. He doesn't ever visit me, but no, he's I'm not very... good, Miriam. No? He was doing some bad stuff in the field in that in that stone circle, and then 
they saw something even worse. He was summoning some evil, evil thing. And he, this, this little book that Drazilda's holding, that's, that's his. I give it to her. These uh, are she all... takes it and she can read it. Like you can tell she's reading it. And she's spitting back, you know, oh, compromise souls, a blood of the body. Oh, and you can just hear her like whispering it like under her breath as you tell her what's happened. So that's what I saw. Would one of you like to say what you saw? We found this book from a creature, the one that was seen being summoned, and I saw him. This what my, my accent just changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I one hundred percent did a British accent earlier. My, uh, I was the one who who ran because I saw um, the Ivani born, the headmaster. I saw him conjuring a like a shadow beast of some sort and I ran and I and I followed these ladies out. Did you see him conjure something too? That is what, uh, that is the beast that attacked us. Yes. Oh and, no, he's conjuring things. And this is, we found this book. It was sent with the beast. Within the walls of Candlekeep? There's certain magics that protect people this here. That's was, not supposed to be I happening. Know, but he's the headmaster. He probably has a way around it. That's what oh, we're no. saying. So I'm sure you'd like to help us then get rid of the dark magic here in Candlekeep. Oh, that is, that is my job. That is, that is what I'm supposed to be here to do. I just, I am bound. I am bound to below ground. I don't, well, we can, I cannot help you up we there. Can, we can take care of it. Just, uh, do you have any information that could help us? Can like, how do we break these bonds? I have this new book that, that Huck, is, is Huck still holding the oh, book? Oh, yeah. Is there some sort of way that you can... It, I have been burned before and scarred by people of all different sorts who have walked underneath these walls and been been turned away and they made promises and then they did not keep them to me, which is why I do not trust people even though it is very nice to see them again. That's why I prefer to stay down here. Um, but the only one who I've been talking to on a regular is a couple of professors and one of them apparently is compromised. Um, but, but I do not know who you are or why to trust you. Can you give me reason? We are just students, but we are good people. And as you can see, um, Celine starts to kind of glow gold. Um, she, yeah, her eyes widen. Like she is very confused as to what's happening. I am from a line of celestials and I have the blood within me and we are just here to ta get rid of the dark magic. We trust you, we trust you with this information. As you can see, it is dangerous for us to show you this. So perhaps you can have the same trust in us. Yes, I... <clears throat> Darling, I just have to tell she you. She very nervously is like shaking, like her left <laughs> hand is like freaking out, like she doesn't know what to believe almost, like... Should she listen to her instincts or to you? You know, she's struggling right now. Huck's gonna put his hand on her hand. She breathes a little bit. Darling, I'm a sage, as you are. Hello. <laughs> um, I know this might be confusing because I'm a- You sound so different. I know, and I look like a little girl, don't I? But um, I need to tell you that I have old souls in me, including this one. I'm um, Lady Bridge and I am the Grand Dame of the theater. Now, I've been around a long time, even before I met Letty, and I can assure you that we are all good people. Mm -hmm. We're all upstanding citizens, and we would like to work with you to discover what's in these books. 
will you, um, will you trust me if I make a, a particular choice? What, that, um... What do you mean, darling? Please tell us before you do something. Well, we've been burned before, too. I am worried that if I tell you, I'm not supposed to. And she, like, very nervously is looking around. Well, it's okay, darling. I mean, a bunch of us are very persuasive. We have uh, ways that... Okay, then I will... I will trust you with this if you... If you do purge Candlekeep of the darkness and you need help, I will assist in that. Now, I know it might seem silly that I am a person who is surrounded by quite dark things because everything's dead, but but I, I don't like actual darkness or source of magics like this in that book. Please take it and keep it far away from here. That should not be in any sort of house of, of knowledge and intellect. That should be kept in one of the darkened libraries where things and sages of that sort can make sure that it's taken care of very, very carefully. Um... This sort of knowledge, when the wrong hands, can create exactly what you're speaking of. Couldn't have said it better myself. Where can we take it? If you tell us a place, we'll take it there. We don't want this to end up in the wrong hands. There are the sorts of certain chambers within the Great Library here that are very special sages and folks can make sure that it is kept away from. And I will put my contacts in that direction to make sure you can find some information of it. If the person that I used to know there is still alive. I have to check one of the catacombs. Oh, they're Either all way, just dropping like flies now, aren't they, darling? All of them people just dropping like flies. But if you... <laughs> if you... As mm, we get older, you know. If you Death promise joke. to help, I, I will not... I will, I will promise you my assistance. And there's a moment that you swear you see a shift in her skin. And you don't know what it is. But the silver became more silver. And it kind of fades. It was like a brief moment in the light. Are you okay? Um, oh, uh, it's, there's a reason, you know, that I'm supposed to be, I'm kept down here. Um, banishment and all that good stuff, you know, the, the normal things that happen. Why were you banished? It's a long story, and, um, I mean... I'm bound to be underground for, for reasons that are complex. Most people, you know, any, anyway, <laughs> there's a whole hunt that happened back in the day. But um, I, uh, I'm here now, and I'm, I was brought back, and I am here to protect Candlekeep. Brought back? Yes. Um, a moment passes as you can see that she is trying to almost keep her sanity about her as there's a shift in her skin and you see scales begin to form around the side of her face oh, that good. then come back into her regular formation. Like she's trying to press away something that she is. I woke up um, to her. She's like shaking again. <laughs> I show her the bare skin of my arm, glistening with golden scales. Darling, <laughs> does this crazy. look at all familiar? Oh, it does. And as she kind of stares at it and touches it, her hand and her arm begin to transform into silver scales as well. And you can see that the whole right hand of hers, and she lets go. And she kind of, again, has this sort of um, fancy and this flight it, between her eyes and the recognition of past and present. There's this sort of disconnect in who she is now and who she used to be. Um, but the scales fade away after she lets go of you. What are you? What were you? I am... I am... The sentinel worm. <laughs> you you mentioned that you were going to help us and you couldn't tell us something and that now you're going to. Would you like to do that? 
Well, you know, it's just that it's been so long since I've spoken with people. I'm trying to remember the exact description. I know that I'm special, but there was a hard time and I'm quite old. Many years old. Hundreds of years old. Been here a long time. Um, you only I get guess... better with age, darling. Yes, I... Like a fine <laughs> wine or mead. I am what some people I think called or call I used to be. Am I anymore? I don't know. Um, a silver dragon. <gasps> a silver dragon. But I used to be one. A nice silver dragon? I, I think so. That's good. <laughs> Miriam. I but I can help. How? I have a question for Miriam. This book that has, you can see these names. What is it? And what do we need to do in order to release these people from this bond? She takes it in your hands and she's searching page by page, ounce by ounce. And she takes a moment, she thinks about this. She goes, well, I think first and foremost, to be able to even get close to the source of this evil that you say is the headmaster, which I do believe. I have not yet met him, but I have faith in all of you showing me what you have today, that you are to be trusted. Then again, that makes me feel like it's easy to trust me. Oh no, and she's kind of shifting again. A moment comes, she gets brought back to life. She uh, takes a look and, and flips through. She goes, well, if the souls are compromised, then you must remove the souls or remove the body from the soul. So if you're able to destroy the soul or the body, then either one of any of these people, you should be able to weaken the bond perhaps that this headmaster has. How does one go about destroying a soul? Well, we, we did... We, uh, <clears throat> it looks like, hello, everyone. Um, it looks like we've done that. We did it. We removed the, the the soul from the body. That was just, we don't know if it was Godwas, but that's what happened. The soul left just the body. That it might yeah, be that's one, but we have to do, we can't do them all at once. It's, it's very one. interesting, though. If he has a compromised soul and body, that means he must have, oh, that must have meant he brought back old Godwas, unless he has a more current compromised soul. So this, so this is not the actual soul of the actual goddess that we need. No, no goddess is a surname. It's a surname, right. but I know where the family lives. Oh, no. So we could go there and find the one that we have. I could point you in that direction, of. yes. Okay, so must we murder these people? Or yeah. how can we remove a soul and destroy it? Is there a peaceful way of not hurting anyone? See, if someone was compromised, but they're not a bad person. They're... There might be ways to purge things of people, um, get them, there's all these sorts of things that exist in magic properties and, and past life properties, and this is my specialty. Um, I will do as much research as possible, gather all of the books and scrolls and things I can here, and gather what I possibly can, but I think that time is of the essence, if, if this is what you're saying, the walls are weak enough to the point that he can conjure something, he's probably got a much greater plan. A much greater plan. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, and she kind of sits down and thinks to herself, Professor Attawald is supposed to be coming here soon, <gasps> within the next day. Okay, so there's something you should know about him. In the name of being honest now, since we are friends, I I admit I deceived you earlier. We are not dear friends with Professor Anna Walt. Oh, my head! <laughs> she kind of takes a moment and puts both of her hands Darling. between her head as she tries to deal with this this back and forth. Do I trust you? Do I not? I reach strangers. out and touch her elbow. Did she see it in the book? 
Hmm? When she's, she's yeah, she's yeah. yeah, I think she's more. Oh, okay. She's a little, from what you can tell, anytime that you're saying something I didn't say is untrue, she's just in waves trying to process the idea of people being honest. Okay, so I'm going. <laughs> can I? I just realized that since I have draconic ancestry, whenever I'm interacting with dragons, yeah. my proficiency bonus is doubled if nice. it applies to a check. Is there, nice. I don't know if this works, but I would like to try to calm her down and reassure her. Yeah, let's just make that a persuasion check. Is okay. you're just kind of rubbing her back, give, you get you get yeah. um, proficiency in that? Yeah. Uh, so 16 plus six is 22. You know what? It's able to calm her down. It's, it's hard to. She... She seems to be a, 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 a creature of the old that has had time and limitless amount of experiences similar to this disappoint her before. And you're just really trying to tap into the fact that there's areas of her that still exist from who she once was and who she is now, and you're kind of trying to just breathe through it with her. Um, but even as you're you know, touching, uh, touching in her back and your hand, your scaled hand is kind of, you can tell that there's this sort of calming energy, the scales brushing against the back of her hair, something reminding her of her home, something giving her some serenity in the chaos. And she's able to breathe. In her hands, she composes herself once more. She goes, yes, I am. Um, I can take you all under my wing if you want. I've always wanted to be a teacher. I never really thought I could be one. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to learn some stuff. I have special area. I mean, I can clear out one of the um, crypt, crypts. Um, uh, that We haven't used them all yet. Um, I'm not picky. I will say that our friend is in danger. Uh-huh. Which one? Farut. You have not met him, but... No, no. He is good, and I had a vision of him in a cage. Oh, goodness. So, I would like to learn as much as possible, but I also would like to help him. Well, if Professor Adderwald's coming here, we could learn till he gets here and then ambush him. Or someone could go while he's here to his office and try to get Farouk out. That is true. So many choices. There's so many possibilities. Oh, sorry. I got excited. You're oh, fine. How about this? We, we sit here and learn from Miriam. Oh, it might take some time. Um, I bet you can come back anytime. I can give you a homestead, a safe place. That's okay. what I mean. And I could teach you every day if you wish for an hour or two. And, and then you can go um, off and you do your thing or you stab <laughs> people or whatever. And then you come back. For yes, now. Nice. Miriam. It, as long as you bring more ferns. Oh, yeah. Miriam, it is so nice of you to give us a safe place. Thank you. But you're kind of giving it for me, so it's it's um, a trade. So for now, what could you tell us about Professor Adderwalt? What are his weaknesses? Yeah, she sits back and she thinks, and she takes a Ask moment as she starts to run through all of her interactions with you. She actually wants to get up and moving. She says that it's getting stuffy in that particular location, and it really is. Um, so she brings you guys through and mentions she wants to walk you through some of the catacombs um, in the direction of this crypt that she's thinking she can make into your little fun homestead, kind of your cabin in the woods, per se. Um, and she's kind of dragging you guys through these long, winding tunnels. She's listing off things about the professor that she wants to uh, that she mentions that is the most um, discernible. Um, particularly that Adwald doesn't seem to wear any sort of armor on them at any point. Um, he is somebody who comes in with um, a very, very sort of proud demeanor. Um, 
she actually describes it in a way that he does have a very distinct personality, though he keeps to himself and keeps in the shadows. He has a lot of, he has many abilities to make sure that he's unseen. That's kind of his coup d'etat. She says that he, she often doesn't even realize he walks in. He's just there. So you have a feeling that maybe, from what you can describe, he has things of invisibility, similar in your nature. Things that sound like misty Let step. nature. Ways to get away from people here or there. Um, you also can catch in some of her descriptions of him, he seems to also carry a good amount of items on him. He comes very thoroughly ready with potions of all different sort, like a belt that's made of all different sort of knickknacks here or there. Things that he's transmute, uh, d done transmutation magics to, that he's very proud of, that he holds on him. Um, she also spoke of these very strange um, uh, little things that uh, he's infused with magic over many years that now act as like an enchanted device. So I guess he's done a little bit of transmutation work and kind of infiltrated some of these small stones with uh, spells of his. So she describes all that. And as you guys kind of have walked through these winding corridors, these kind of still cryptic, literally cryptic corridors, uh, hard to tell one from the other. She's walking you through and through. The rosemary is providing good comfort because there's not much scent here or air movement. Um, thankfully, though, as you kind of wind through here or there, probably going up a little bit higher in the um, the volcano that is Candle Deep, uh, Candle Keep, excuse me, um, you get to this little nook where there is a very slight breeze, the slightest of breezes. And she kind of pushes you in that direction, this kind of door, uh, stone slab, that she kind of moves off to the side, very rudimentary door. And inside of it, you see a couple cobwebs here and there, but kind of flat beds, just ready to go, stone flat beds. Um, you can see that there's a couple of areas that things could slide in and out of potentially if they were bodies that were going to be stowed away and prop properly buried in crypts and in actual um, in actual coffins and things of that sort here. But it's a pretty it's pretty much an empty crypt. Uh, she walks you guys in. There's no there's no rug. There's no dresser. There's no. Um, there's no blankets, there's no pillows. It's just divots, almost like a uh, cruise ship-like or old-style pirate-like uh, beds that you guys could bunk beds, essentially, stone bunk beds that you guys could sleep in. And that breeze is coming from a very, very small hole in the wall. There's an open hole about the size of like no more than half a foot in circular dimension, probably naturally created. Um, and she just kind of stares at the hole lovingly. <laughs> and she goes, that's, that's a great view. I'm not supposed to go near it. I mean, the sun hurts my eyes, but. Great of view. Oh, it's a beautiful view. And so she kind of pushes you in that direction. As you guys look out this little tiny, like a stone hole there, um, having it been uh, after traversing and walking through everything uh, the, uh, through the tunnels earlier part of the day, um, it's probably right around midday, maybe 1 p.m. And there is sunlight like hitting into this little cave area. Um, you walk over and you can see the full cliffside. Um, it's like a direct, it's just this beautiful view to, into everything that would be the, uh, uh, the Sword Coast. Oh, this is a lovely view. Some birds in the distance, bright sun, um, and this is more like the bright white sun. It's very overcast in this area of the world, but it's still very pretty. Um, the cliffside, you can hear seagulls, you can hear, ro uh, you can hear the ocean splashing against rocks. Uh, it's quite serene. It's awful nice. I like it. I'm glad you like this crypt. This yep. Will, this will be our room. Oh, 
for now. If, I mean, if, if, if it does well, it's the only area that gets any natural light in anything that I know in all of Candlekeep. So. Well, uh, it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, I can get you. I can get you. Blink. One second. And she just kind of runs off and you can hear her like trotting down the hallway, scurrying off to go grab you guys some sort of things to make it more comfortable. I feel awful bad for her. Well, yes, it is quite sad. But it is nice that we have this place while mm -hmm. we try to figure out how to get Farut and stop what's going on, the evil in the city, so... And now we know we have a good place to enter. Yeah. Good place to hide, good place to enter. Well, she said she could tell us how to get to the Godwas house. Maybe that's our next uh, voyage, adventure, and to go there. And Professor, Professor Adelwald. He'll be here, mm -hmm. so do we want to go to find Godwas, or do we want to stay and see if we can tackle Professor Atwal to find out information. Well, Professor Atwal has Farut, so I think we should start with him. I agree. Maybe we can stay here until he comes and maybe start to learn some things from her. And Perhaps perhaps some could stay here and, and spy here, and perhaps some can go try and get Farut while we know where Professor Atwal is. Do we want do we not want to try to attack him while he's here then? Do we want... I would... Perhaps... I would like That's, to... Uh, yes. he, he, I, he seems quite powerful. So it might behoove us to just make sure that um, he is uh, delayed while, you know, perhaps... I could go. Starla could go try and Alone? get Farut. Not alone. I'll, no, Maybe I'll, I'll Letty invisible. Or... Oh, okay. Yes. I'm also very stealthy. But I don't. I mean, I'd probably have someone else go instead of, you know, someone inside me go because I'm a little scared. So maybe Zizzo would come out and help. Yeah, She's we very can either good at of hand. use your invisibility mm -hmm. or it might be helpful that they don't recognize Huck. True. But, I mean, they won't recognize you if you're My invisible anyway. Hand is a plus seven. Wow. Man's a plus six. Mm. Yes, so I Man's actually have the slightest well. of hands. As you guys are very quietly talking in the script, you can tell that the sound kind of pings off. There's a bit of a vibration echo within one in a, uh, within the chamber here, so you guys can kind of hear each other's conversation. Um, while they've been discussing what to do, I've been going to each of the beds and, ca and casting firebolts to burn out all the yeah, cobwebs. You're, yeah, you're so like singeing all allergic. of the... You're singeing all the little spiders that are kind of crawling away. You're getting rid of the dead ants, yeah. like everything. What time is Purifying. it? Purifying. It is about midday. It's about one in the afternoon. Oh, so it's not time for rest. No. And it's funny. There's a moment as you guys are all talking, you're clearing all the uh, beds out, these little divots in the stone. Um, you take a moment and there's a, there's a, a suddenly like the, it just becomes blackened. Like you can't see anything at all. And you guys realize that Buck has leapt off oh. of uh, your shoulders, I believe uh, he was on last, and has tried to crawl out of the hole to get oh, light what? and a little bit of sun. I go grab him. He's just him. like, he's like halfway in the hole and he's ha he's like stuck he's a little Winnie bit. He's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he's Winnie the Pooh. He's trying to get out and get some fresh air. Hunt goes and grabs him and pulls him out. Yeah, you have to do like a three person yeah. tug and somebody else, uh, maybe yeah, someone has to get behind you and you guys have to all kind of together in almost a train. One, two, Three, Ugh. as you pull Buck out, and you guys all kind of tumble Come back on, in, for a moment. Um, 
you can hear scurrying, like thinking something's wrong after Buck tried to like pu push himself in through that hole into the sunlight. Um, you can hear little screen feet of Miriam kind of fall behind. She goes, are you okay? Oh, what's happening? Are you all right? As he um, holds Buck up and he goes, it's fine. He just tried to go through the window. Just a dumb cat. Zizzo here, how you doing? Just uh, a dumb cat. Yeah, just a raccoon. It's fine. Oh, he's so cute. Look at this. Like, hello, this is Buck. And Buck's kind of like, no, Buck, be nice. Very unhappy having been held you... out presentationally in front of a stranger. <laughs> you be nice or I won't give you another good berry until tomorrow. You want to be nice? A real good good berry? Good berry for a good boy? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you want to say hi. <laughs> yeah. He wants to say hi. He, his body kind of goes slack as she like picks him up happily and he's just unenthusiastically like, like just body slack like just as she holds him up. <laughs> and she just kind of smiles and he just like, like smirks <laughs> and she gently puts him down um but you see that she had been carrying with her all of these old uh very old looking tapestries and carpets things that are probably from ancient years past and she's kind of like lugging them off her shoulders one by one and throwing them down uh, she couldn't carry too many of them but they're rugs the rugs will do um it's probably coughing up more dust than you would like as she's trying to unravel them and make it as comfortable as possible um she has some very 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 old uh down pillows that are probably used by who knows whose head um she kind of throwing them down too she has four or five of those and just these old burlap sack blankets and she goes this is all i had we use those for bodies usually but you, you can use them for um for sleeping I, i'm assuming oh yeah have they been cleaned since they last touched a body you want me to lay down in this thing that hasn't been cleaned yes this is lovely. Right. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be fine for us. We'll, okay. we'll make do. Yeah, thanks, lady. Thank so, you. Is the plan for Professor Adderwalt to get here? We distract him somehow while you sneak out to save Farouk? Because well, maybe we should hide, and you, being his friend, or so he thinks, yes. distract him so we buy time to get Farouk. Is that the plan? Yeah, it we. Could, it could be, but at the same time, you know, he is one of the people we have to take out, and if we take him out, then we can get Farouk too, so. Well, what if what if we did two birds with one stone? Sorry, Farouk didn't mean to do that. What if we went to his office while he was gone? We let Farouk out, and then we are all in his office ready to ambush him when he gets back. Or we could kill him here. I yeah, see. He's coming. I, I do believe that. Um, if I may, sorry. Um, he he. He likely is well equipped. Um, so uh, I think that if you if you get him outside of where he is normally most aware, then you will be in a better position. I mean, this is me just speaking yeah. from my knowledge, but he's a smart man, and um, um, I'm no, I don't want to be hurting him because I think I would be oh, too yeah. uncomfortable. No, but you don't have to I would fight. definitely turn a blind eye to a bad person. We may need all hands on deck for this. No, we don't need her to fat. It's not fat. her. Us. Yeah. We yeah. might need yeah. uh, you know nobody yeah, leave. I agree. I agree. But I know these halls better than anybody so I can put you in a better position uh, than him yeah oh, yes well, that'd be awesome Miriam is there a way to be able to I know I've asked you this before but not have to murder someone to remove the bond <sighs> again I think I'm going to read as much as I can in the next day or so and all my go through all my books there must there must be a way there must be a way to remove or contain or preserve these sorts of um and she looks at the book again flipping through it these sorts of deals are petty deals this is not a this is very rudimentary this is a very simple 
deal. From what I can tell, this is not thought out, and it's not even... It's not even very brilliant by any means. So, I think this is somebody who is learning a new magic that is forbidden, mind you, in Candlekeep. So again, this is not something that should be going on, but... That means that I also have to do some research on things that I'm not supposed to know. Who would we go to if we knew of this forbidden magic being done? Who would we go to for help? I would say, most presently, the smartest thing would be to... The smartest thing to do would probably go to the head priestess of Ogma. Who is not too far from here. This is, this is the... Well, we've walked a little bit far away from it now, but you were traditionally in the catacombs right underneath the House of the Binder. That's the temple. For Agma, as you all know. <laughs> but, um, yes, you may need to speak to the High Priestess there. And what's her name? She often doesn't go with a name, but you could just call her High Temple. High Priestess. Temple? Temple. We're, we, what did you say we're in the catacombs under House of... The Binder. House the binder. of the Binders, that is the... Uh, you all have definitely passed by it. It's the um, largest temple for, in the Fortress Keep. Um, very beautiful. It's, it's, the, it's the building that is shaped as an open book. Oh, re- yeah. And then you enter it, and page by page is different rooms. It's very... It's a, <laughs> it's a little eccentric, but Agma is the god of knowledge. So, Would that help? Do you yeah. think she knows Perhaps. almost everything, or at least where to go and who to talk to? That's but she would not go without a blessing of some sort. You know how people are here. You have to have a wealth or money in order to get into the doors of Candlekeep. Hmm. Unless you go through the poop sewer. What's that? Exactly. There's no poop in the sewer. There's a poop sewer? No. There's something I, mean, I don't you know. say it, though, who doesn't well, like a good poop well, sewer? I, mean, I know I do. Oh Just slowly my. Buck is, like, nodding. Like, oh, like, yeah, it's a poop sewer. I love a sewer. good poop joke. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a poop sewer. I mean, like, he's like, yeah. yeah. I like this little rat guy. It's how we got in here. Oh, well, that, that will have to be taken care of. That cannot be, that is very compromising. Yeah, fair enough. Well, as long as you can keep an eye on it, but make it accessible for us, perhaps. Or do you know another way? Do you know another way out there of is here? No, there should be no other way in and out of here. This is a very protected fortress, so... Mm, Maybe for now, but I think, I think at some point, my my moral my morality will cause me to make sure that 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 is fully taken care of and dealt with and sealed off. That's totally. Maybe fair. after we vanquish all the evil, you know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Did, did I could, you I could say do that. that you knew a way for us to go and see Temple without having to worry about? Yes, yes. Um. And also, um, Godwiss, you said that too. The book. The book that you have. Which one? The the, the dark book. Don't hands. yes. Don't yet bring it to the 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 um to the library. Perhaps maybe instead uh, hide the book as best as you can, in some sort of way, and then bring that to her. Um, if anybody sees it, they will take it from you, and you might be in trouble. So, um, just make sure nobody sees that you have that sort of book, and then you can speak to her that way, gain entrance. But how how do you see her if you can't show the book? And she's just thinking to herself. To clarify, is this the book with the names of the book we just found? It's the big one that I'm holding. The big one that's mm. black the black book big one. with the skull and the purple the big black book. from behind yeah. the skull. Letty, can you cast invisibility on the book? I can. I cast invisibility on you, book. 
<laughs> you say it as best as you it. can. It doesn't go to the book, but when you grab the book and cast invisibility, yes. it does you go invisible it. once you touch it. Yes. So you're holding it and it's invisible while you hold it, but then the moment you Who give wants it, to carry the it? moment you give it to your friend here, it goes back into its material form. So I have to hold it. All right, I take the book, I put it in my backpack, I got my performance pack, has buttons and patches all over it from the places I like some boy bands too. You know, Letty, she loves them. And um, and in great detail, uh, Miriam gives you the directions to get to the top of the House of Binder. You would actually go from the direction from whence you came, uh, further down, uh, winding through some of the catacombs that you guys have seen here in some of the tunnels. Um, head back to the original catacomb that you had entered and up the main staircase that she was actually walking down from. After going up that staircase and another one, because it's the, uh, she warns you that the one above, that's the embalming room. Mm. Gross. So just to keep your eyes and what's about you that you might see some stuff that you don't enjoy, just hold your breath, count to three and make your way up the secondary large stone staircase. Um, after you go up there, there are big, big wooden double doors. You push those open and you're pretty much in the back corner of the main main area of the House of Binder, one of the pages. Page, the last page, page of death. But, oh, great. But once you exit that, you can go through all the pages of life from birth to death. The goddess of knowledge in every corner of her mind is pretty much kept at this temple, the biggest one to her that you guys know of in all of the land. Should we go do this now? Take it, get it taken care of. Are we waiting for this guy? Are we waiting for the professor? Well, he's coming tomorrow. He's coming in a day. Then yes. You guys gonna make your way? Yeah. Mm All right, one by one, you guys make your way back to the, the direction where you, you've came. You're already getting the lay of the land, being an urchin here and knowing how to keep your wits about you. It's about a five-minute walk in the direction from where you guys had uh, entered from. Um, you guys hit back to the original catacomb, up the main stair, past the, the embalming room, which there are a lot of things getting embalmed. There is um, a lot of people here who are much older, some younger, who are going through the process of that transitionary phase from life to death. Um, the scent is not particularly pleasant, and I'm gonna assume that most of you guys just walk forward and don't look, and um, a couple of you have to kind of scurry around some of the uh, uh, mixes and mixtures that give off kind of an acid smell. I do, Drisilda does look at the embalming room. Um, <laughs> Morbid. I do look Starla in. does as well. Yeah, I, I look in and I try to see if I can if there's any way I can possibly tell if the embalming substance is flammable. I have a proclivity for flammable things. Yeah, I mean, just roll a quick investigation check as you're walking through. Seven. Um, yeah, you're looking around, but the smell is so overwhelming that you are almost like, I don't even want to know if this can blow up. It is just such a scent. So as you guys are walking up the stairs, making your way main uh, through the main double doors there, pushing them open ever so slightly enough to not stir or cause any sort of trouble for anyone who might be passing by, you dip your heads out on top of each other, one by one by one by one, with the very top one being Buck, looking out into Aww. the hallway. Passing sages, people of knowledge, all different tiers of people who study and pray underneath Agma, roaming about in the beautiful, beautiful, open-paged 
area, the main binding of the Book of Agma, again, with the rooms that kind of splinter off. You guys are in the farthest corner, and you're able to pretty much get a bird's eye, full view of everything happening here. High, 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 high ceilings that stretch nearly 100 feet high. It's beautiful pages of all different colors. You're in the darker section to the blacker section, the section that closes the Book of Knowledge. And as you're looking out, you're watching people walk around. And guess who you do see walking around there? Professor Edwald. Next time on the broadcast. Would you be able to tell us where the loo is? How long has it been since I left you? It's only been since yesterday. Ladies, children, curtains. Hey, I'm Kimberly Daugherty, and I play Celine Tassar. Hi, I'm Kellen Coleman, and I play Letty Marie Ricecroft. Hi, my name is Alice Gretchen, and I play Drisilda Slindron. Hi, I'm Erica Fermina, and I am playing Starla Hahill. Hi, my name's Rachel Seeley, and I am playing Huck Lokley. Hello, I'm Ali Gonino, and I play Farut Ajalik. I'm Kelly Lynn D'Angelo, your dungeon master and woman of many faceless creatures and things unknown. And I'm Richard Quiner, and I produce this podcast in partnership with Wizards of the Coast.